Hey, so, hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Wawel UK's Hamid podcast. I'm Alan Zepa and as always I'm joined by Karen McLaughlin. Hey guys, how you doing? And also today I'm delighted to be joined by The Athletic's West Ham correspondent, Roshane Thomas. Hi Alan, hi Karen. How you going? Hello mates. Thanks for having me on the show. No worries. How's your day going? Yeah, day's going good so far. Submitted a piece early on my player of the year and I've gone for a runner. I feel like he's been brilliant for West Ham this season. And as well as that, just putting together some ideas for pieces for the next couple of weeks. Lovely, mate. So, jumping straight to the questions. You obviously have your own podcast. How's it going? Yeah, I have a podcast called UIs, myself and Sam Delaney. Oh, yeah, so far, so good. On the last podcast, we had uh, Alvin Martin. He discussed, you know, his son, David Martin's brilliant, brilliant debut against Chelsea last November. It was not 1-0 win. Probably the best game of the season, in fact. We had him off of that. We also had a show we had on other podcasts, uh, which was really good. Our thoughts on West Ham, on the squad, the owners. And uh, for the podcast for tomorrow, which should be Wednesday for you guys, uh, we're having on Marlon Harewood. So, yeah, really good so far. Can't complain. That's great to hear. Staying with the athletic, um, just tell us how's your day going and how different is it from uh, normal times with the whole uh, pandemic? Yeah, I'd probably say the only thing that's changed is the fact that there's obviously the obvious one. There's no football. Uh, there's no football. Not attending press conferences, of course. So apart from that, it's pretty much the same in terms of like, you know, putting together ideas. You know, chasing people down. You know, getting in contact with like agents, for example, to confirm stories. You know, that part of the job's still the same. The only part now is that I'm at home more often. So, for example, like phone interviews, doing it over the phone now. Whereas before, most of my interviews were in person because I feel like when you do an interview in person, you get more of the person. So, yeah, apart from that, just lack of football and not attending much press conferences. Would you say you're at home a lot of the time, even during normal times? Uh, normal times, I tend to be out and about. As I mentioned before, you know, attending games, press conferences, you know, meeting people. So you're you're always busy, like you're <laughs> constantly outdoors, really. So this is the, probably the most I've been indoors for quite some time. Well, probably since I was at university, this is the most I've been indoors. So it's a bit, it's a bit, a bit different, but it's still it's still the same in terms of like, you know, trying to put together like great pieces. Staying on the whole the athletic uh, thing. Who's your favourite ex or current West Ham United player you've interviewed? Good question, Alan. Uh, I'd probably say my favourite interview so far has been with Callum Davenport. It took me ages to track him down. And at first, he actually didn't want to be interviewed. Uh, his wife actually encouraged him to do the interview. And obviously, I live in London. I went all the way down to Plymouth to interview him. He spoke for about two hours. And yeah, it was a really good chat. Really, really good chat. It really opened up to me. So, yeah, that's definitely my favourite interview so far. Yeah, obviously with Colin Davenport and the, his whole life story. Yeah, his whole life story, obviously. We're very fortunate to still be alive, in fact. That's how terrible the attack was. So, yeah, so he changed. Obviously, he's born again Christian. So, yeah, very religious now. So, yeah, really, really good chat. You know what? To this day, I still speak to him. Like, every day on WhatsApp, he sends me a message, like a scripture, oh, wow. from, the Bi- yeah, a scripture from the Bible every single day without fail. So, yeah, we're still in contact. That's great to hear. And um, obviously, The Athletic is a subscription-based site. 
uh, and I've seen a lot of hatred, not just negativity <laughs> regarding that. What's your opinion on that, and have you dealt with any yourself? Well, the only time I can think of that I dealt with negativity was at the start when no one knew who I was. <laughs> that was confirmed. Myself and other writers and Nobel, my name, alongside West Ham, West Ham correspondent. People like, who is this guy? I've never heard of this guy before. So that's the only time I've dealt with negativity, but I just sort of use that as motivation, really, in terms of, like, tracking down former players, players you haven't heard of for quite some time, like the Davenports, the Junior Fulbears, the Flora Radicuis, you know, thinking outside the box in terms of pieces, so like going to Luton Town to interview the five former West Ham Academy players. Just being a bit different, that's sort of been my sort of mindset. So the past six months or so, you know, uh, you know West Ham fans have been really supportive. And I can't thank them enough, really. Yeah, just like the Jennifer Bert thing you've mentioned. Before your uh, interview, I was convinced he just fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, he said he closed his eyes for about a couple of seconds and then photographers, you know, took that picture and yeah. We all know what happened after everyone had a junior full bear facing from the bench. So either of that it was like, you know, Real Madrid, you know, you can't be, well, he said after he spoke to the president and they told him, listen, you know, Real Madrid now, you can't be doing these sort of things. So even there, that was a really good chat. We spoke for about an hour and a half on the phone. So yeah, another good chat. We obviously got relegated. We're struggling uh, and uh, he just went on loan to Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing behind that story is that um, I think he, I think he mentioned it in the in the, in the interview rather. Um, it, it was a away game against Fulham, and someone at Madrid phoned him like fifty times, and he wouldn't answer. He refused to believe that Madrid were interested in him. And then yeah. I think his agent got in contact with him, and yeah, we all know what happened next. He joined Madrid alone. He hasn't played much for them. From what he, found uh, out. he only played about I think three games for yeah. Madrid, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, I asked him, like, do you have any regrets? He said he loved his time there, so. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, I can't blame him at all. So, yeah, so uh, moving on, you've got Declan Rice down as your young player of the year. Could you first of all explain that? And also, has he got a future at West Ham beyond this well, summer? Well, in answer to the first question, I feel like, like I, I'm probably, besides Declan Rice's parents, I'm probably Declan Rice's third biggest fan. I mean,. He is just. I'm his least of... favorite fan. <laughs> oh, I'm very you disappointed. Sur- you just need to look at my surname to know why. Why is that a what? Said a rice. McLaughlin. McLaughlin. What nationality do you think that is? Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Irish. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> oh yes. It all makes sense now. But uh, I feel like Declan anyway. Rice. He's excelled this season. I mean, 21 years old. The way he's grown to become a leader. I mentioned in the piece that game against that game away at um, Sheffield United and where we were cruelly like ruled out of that goal from Stuttgart scored yeah. because of stupid VAR and the handball rule. And like he thought it up to the camera after expressed his feelings that this is wrong. And it was for me it was good to see that, you know, a bit of leadership because always noble like talking to the camera, always noble taking charge of situations. So it's nice to see that. And also he's excelled on the defensive end. I mean like, for me, when I watch him in the press box, I just, it's just so nice watching him win tackles and which possession him back. It's just a thing of beauty, that. So, yeah, I feel like he's been amazing this season. And whether he'll stay, I feel like he could do with another, probably number three years at the club. Because I don't think, I don't feel there's any rush for him to move to a team like Man United or 
Man City Chelsea. anytime soon or Chelsea. Chelsea anytime soon. To be honest, right? I'll see. I know, I know he was released from Chelsea, but if I'm right, I, like, I, I'm not going to Chelsea anytime soon. The simple fact, they let you go. You're doing very well at West Ham. The majority of West Ham fans love you. Just keep doing well. When Noble retires eventually, I'm sure he'll be the next cap- captain. Like, everything's here for you at West Ham. There's, there's not like an immediate rush for you to leave. You're 21. When you're like 24, 25, perhaps you can look at the situation again and say, you know what, I want to I wanna play for like a top four team now. But for the time being, I don't see any rush. And also the fact that it's got a long-term contract, that sort of works in the club's benefit. Yeah, until 2024. Yeah, so that works in the club's benefit. And, I, and just lastly, if I'm West Ham, there is no way I'm selling rice for less than 100 million. No yeah. way. I'm not yeah, selling it for anything less. Yeah. I wouldn't even sell it for 99 million. It has to be 100. <laughs> 100 <laughs> million. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So now, David Moyes. Yeah. Let him go after the season or give him a fair chance? I think Moyes deserved a fair chance. I mean, you have to look at last time maybe let him go, pointed Pellegrini and well, that didn't work out well, did it? So I feel like he deserves you know, a chance at the job. I mean, even like attending his press conferences, I can tell he's like determined to put it right. Obviously, we look at his past couple of years; it didn't work out for him at Man uh, United, didn't work out for him at Sunderland, yeah. didn't work out for him at Real Sociedad. So, not to say this is his last chance saloon, but if it doesn't work out well for him at West Ham, he's jumping to think where he could get his next job. So, if you look at it in paper, Moyes has a lot to uh, you know a lot to prove now. So, and that's just, again, like in his press conferences, he's so determined. I mean, he, he speaks well about wanting to sign young players. You know, the club's always signing players. He's after like one last payday. Moise is like, I want to change all of that. I want to bring in young players like Bowen and Thomas Suchek who want to play for the shirt, who have like resale value. So, you know what? I'm, I'm, I feel like, given time, you will do well. We talked about it uh, in the first episode as well. And my opinion on uh, Moise is that I'm torn. I'm really torn. Because I know, as you said, Roshane, uh, he's determined to put things right. But I don't think he's the right man for the job. You know what? Before he was appointed as manager, I was thinking, let's get someone like a Scott Parker in or a Lee Bowyer, yeah, like a young manager. But for the time being, I feel we need someone like Moy just to like steady the ship, if you know what I mean. Just to, just because things just didn't work out while the Pellegrini was so bad under him. So just someone to give us a bit of stability and then once we're like able to secure enough top like maybe let's say two top ten finishes, then you can opt to bring in a younger manager who will take the club to the next level. But for the yeah. time being I feel like we should, we should stick with Moyes. But do you think it was kind of backwards thinking, um, going back to Moyes a second time? I actually don't, you know, because if you look at it, he was available. I mean, if you were to put another manager first, it would have cost money, which perhaps would have had an impact on the budget for the Johnny transfer window. And Moyes, obviously, he knew the club from previously working in the 2019, no, 2018 no, season. 17-18, yeah. Yeah, 17-18 season. So it takes all the boxes. I can, see, I can see why fans were like, oh, you know, it's underwhelming appointment. His win ratio at the club wasn't good. Well, if you look at, you know, stuff like Mark Arnautovic, he wasn't really doing well. Moyes played in a striker role and excelled. So stuff like that, I feel like I feel I feel like the pros outweigh the cons. That's how I see it. Um, well, where do you go in the transfer market with everything going on in terms I of feel, budget and everything like that? I feel like this summer the priority should be signing a left back. 
I mean, Aaron Cresswell's good. I think I'm right at saying he's 30 years old now, but he's not the Cresswell from like his England days, for example. And don't even get me started on Arthur Masawaki because we mm-hmm. could be here until the next podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, like in the academy, I'm 23, there's some promising young players. There's like Emmanuel Longo, another young lad called Reese. But I feel like we need a like, a ready made player, a player that's going to you know, slot straight in and we don't have to worry about him having to adapt to English football. So the club should definitely prioritise that in the summer. I feel like in right back, we're fine because I have great faith in Jeremy Gekia. I feel like he's the real deal. And there's also uh, Ben Johnson, who's, who's perhaps ahead of Gekia, but he suffered a lot of injuries. So that's been the reason why his time, well, his playing time was stalled. And I'll probably say get another defensive midfielder in. Because I feel like West Ham have a tendency to sign so many flair players, you know, the Lanzinis, the, Ant, the um, Felipe Andersons, the Fornals, the Yarmolenkos. We need to sign more like players like Thomas Suchek because look how well he's done. So, And obviously this summer we know Carlos Sanchez is going to go on a free transfer because contracts will be up. Um, there's no way the club can exp- um, renew that. So, yeah, definitely get another holding midfielder in. That's what I would say. So left back and definitely holding midfielder. Yeah, I how, do you think it, how do you think it'll work though with um, COVID? As in, will we have a transfer market? Do you think, or how's it going to work? Do you reckon? No, I, mean, def- I, de- I definitely feel like we'll have a transfer market. Obviously, we're having like the the earliest the season will turn is perhaps June, but I mean, obviously, we know um, you know Karen Brady. She'll she'll like the season to be not and avoid. We know that, and the more you look at it, it, it seems that it could be heading that way because. Obviously, we're locked down for another three weeks. June, perhaps earliest, will return. But if we don't finish by, let's say, the end of June, end of July, then I, I, I can't see the season continuing. So plans will be in place for next season. You know, as you mentioned, having to um, you know, sign players, and also from a practical point of view, like where the players gonna like live, will be sort of things you have to consider about consider as well. And also, um, like preseason tours and whatnot, if that's gonna still take place, so. Yeah, if it doesn't finish that anytime soon, then I think people start looking towards next season. On the topic of uh, the leagues continuing, and the Bundesliga announced that the Bundesliga will be going through, and the second Bundesliga as well, in like two weeks, but all behind closed doors. And uh, the Polish top three divisions uh, will also be going through in like a month from now, but with fans, I think. Because there's, like I say, the one thing I say when it, if it does resume, it will be played behind closed doors, and obviously that's all good and well. But for a club like West Ham, currently involved in a relegation fight, uh, we need our fans. <laughs> we need oh, fans yeah. to be there to offer us support. I remember that game at Anfield, the three-two defeat, and I mean that was such an exciting game. The way the fans, I mean, before the match was a black balloon protest. After the match, no one was talking about the protest whatsoever. Everyone was talking about the performance on the pitch and how brilliant the fans were. So. Obviously, it seems like play, playing behind closed doors would be the only solution. But it would be a shame because we'll miss out on the support we get from our fans. Home and away, that is. Sticking to the topic of transfer market, Mikel Antonio, keep or sell? Oh, 100% keep. I'm actually offended by this question, Alan. I'm actually <laughs> offended by this question. <laughs> we should definitely keep Antonio. I mean, he's been a bit unlucky with injury because... I think it was the Newport game where he suffered that hamstring injury. Yeah. And before that, we saw a bit of like 
just 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 um a few signs like having a good partnership with Valer. So and he suffered an injury and he had to play up top by himself. So that was a great shame. But yeah, definitely keep his work rate is just incredible. I mean, he links up well with his teammates. He has that aerial threat. My only critique when it comes to Antonio is that he needs to score more goals. A player of his quality should be scoring at least eight to ten goals a season. So I think this season he only has two. I mean, Aaron Crystal scored more goals than him this season. So yeah, he needs to be scoring a lot more goals. That's the only critique. But hundred percent keep. See, this is my reasoning. Uh, his injuries. He's obviously thirty uh, years old. I see it like one more major hamstring injury. He might be gone. Yeah, but a player like Antonio always suffer hamstring injuries because, like, burst of pace and just how he plays. I, I remember speaking to um, like a physiotherapist, like, why does he always suffer hamstring injuries? And he told me that's just how he is. The nature of performance, you know, yeah, that, that sudden burst of speed. He's always gonna be prone to the odd hamstring injury. So it's just something we're gonna have to get used to. Just hope, just hope that it doesn't become a regular thing. And that if he does suffer an injury, it'll be like two weeks or three weeks, not for like four months or three months, which we saw when he suffered that injury against Newport. Just look at the size of his muscles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bigger than my head. <laughs> yeah. What do you make of uh, Moyes coming out the other week saying that any player could be up to be sold? Anyone can leave, basically. Anyone can leave. Well, this is, this is what boredom is doing to Moyes. Boredom is making Moyes come out of some outrageous statements. I mean, well, first of all, Moyes, uh, Rice is not for sale. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> he, that, Rice is Antonio. I mean, if anyone's up for sale, it'd be like, I'd imagine Lanzini, Yalmalenko, uh, Felipe Anderson, perhaps those type of players who regressed to the season. And then, uh, for me personally, I thought like the club should try and make some sort of money off him because uh, I, I don't see any, any upside in having him here. And yeah, again, they've been very disappointing. So if anyone's leaving, it should be those four players. So we've moved from the bowling ground for the 16-17 season. Uh, in a search of top four, top six European competitions, and it hasn't worked out. What's your opinion on the London Stadium? Should we continue improving it maybe with the new stand thing that's going on? I'll just scrap it and possibly build a new stadium. Uh, well, I thought I'd have no choice but to continue making improvements. I mean, the obvious uh, option, I guess, at the time was to like do what Tottenham done with White Hart Lane, knock it and build it down. That was the ideal solution at the time for Upton Park. But, you know, move to another stadium, 60,000 seat stadium. I can see why the commercial benefits, more money for like, more, more, more match day revenue can put more money towards transfers but for me personally it's just it's not like Upton Park Upton Park was like a, a, a you know it's an intimidating ground and I, I spoke to uh, Stuart Downing like, I think around September October time and he said he loved playing at Upton Park it was always intimidating for opposition fans I remember like the, uh, uh, where the away fans were like there to the pitch everyone felt close to the pitch pretty much and at the stadium you don't really get that everyone's far away I mean, I remember one match, I saw someone about bring binoculars, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I thought hilarious. And my only, like, the only thing I, I don't like about the London Stadium is that it's just, in terms of atmosphere, it's just not the same. I mean, for the first five or ten minutes, everyone's singing, blowing bubbles, everyone's urging the team on. And then after that, it just goes flat. Yeah. And it's a great shame because it's, it's not, like, you know, quite often it's the away fans are singing more than the home fans at the home, at the London Stadium. So, yeah, it's a great shame. 
yeah, it's really different. But obviously the running track. Outside of England, the running track isn't like a, isn't something new completely to teams. You look at Stadio Olimpico, you look at Napoli Stadium. They all have running tracks, sometimes even bigger than ours. I think just the negativity towards London Stadium comes from the fact that it's different to Upton Park. Mm. Yeah, but also when you like, even getting to the stadium can be a bit hard at times. I mean, I'm not sure how you guys get in there, but for me personally, I get off at Stratford Station and I walk through like shopping mall and whatnot and all like, the restaurants. Just, that takes a good 10 minutes. And then you have to get through bag search, which can take ages because sometimes it's a long queue for that. And then it's like another five or seven minutes to get to the press box. So all in all, for when I get outside Stratford Station, it's about a good 20 or so minutes before I actually get inside the stadium. So, yes, for a lot of people, it's just a long, long journey to get there. Yeah, when I've been to the Manchester United game, obviously, Crest was free kick, loved it. <laughs> um, I had to get out of the bus in Hackney, uh, go through the Victoria Park. It just took ages. Yeah. It's been like 45 minutes or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's another issue with fans, is how long it takes to get there. I mean, yeah, yeah for, for fans, I'd imagine the way they look at it was more cons than pros when it comes to the London Stadium. To wrap it up, looking forward to the potential next season, what's a successful year for West Ham in terms of finish and potential, I don't know, FA Cup runs, etc.? I reckon next season a top 10 finish would be good because last season, I think I'm right to say we finished 11 points in Leicester. I think Leicester finished ninth, and we finished 10th. And Leicester's gone up, we've gone downwards. So we need to try and get to a top 10 finish for next season. And for me personally, as you mentioned, we have to take the cup serious. Because we're losing again, losing 4-0 against Oxford United, 1-0 against West Brom, it's not good enough. We've got to be doing better. And I'm not sure about you guys, but I have a nice seat in my wardrobe. And I'd like to wear it to Wembley. So there's that as well. And also, next season, Mark Noble's contract expires. So... If he does, if he does retire at the end of next season, it would be a great send off for the team to get to Wembley. I'd love a good cup run, honestly. I love winning the FA Cup. We do it most most years. <laughs> or or do we do it? Or do we do it in your FIFA career mode? Mate, for context, I'm an Arsenal fan. That's why I'm saying it. Oh. <laughs> Quite jealous. When was the last time Arsenal won it? In fact, was it 2016 or 18? Seventeen. Oh, okay. Chelsea. Oh, okay. 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 The last oh, time, last time, why was nineteen eighty? The last time, nineteen eighty, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You yeah. Beat us. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! This is, we weren't even born. <laughs> I don't know born. The two thousand six final. Heartbreaking. Yep. Heartbreak. That well, I called it the Gerard final because it was a different level that day. Oh, what a goal that was! I yeah, wonder, oh. when, I wonder what uh, gone through his mind. Just whack Just it. Hit it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and there's also that chance. Remember that chance Harewood had. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant <laughs> to be. So I'm now go for the Twitter questions. Thank you, everyone, who implemented their own uh, questions so the first one we've touched this topic earlier a little bit so a question from jack redmond what position do you think we need to focus on in the transfer market 
And how many players would you like to see coming in and out? And who would you want to see leave the club? Yeah, getting pretty left back to uh, have a first team player in terms of, you know, speed, strength, tracking back. Someone can offer a lot more than Crespo. He's been good, but we need someone a bit better now. So left back, another holding midfielder. And I feel like it would be good to have perhaps maybe four players come in. Four players last last season, or this season rather, we signed nine players. So I was thinking four wouldn't be too bad uh, for the summer. And in terms of players leaving, uh, yeah, Lanzini, I, don't, I feel like he hasn't been the same since he suffered that knee injury with Argentina in 2018. Um, Anderson, but I, I don't think the club will sign Anderson because he costs so much money. But, I mean, he needs to, you know, get his act together because he hasn't, he hasn't, he's been terrible this season, in fact. Uh, but you definitely can't lose with Andrei Armelenko. I mean, it's sad to say that, but he's just been too injury-prone. Hasn't been good enough. Hasn't justified his 18 million. And, oh, there's another one. Pablo Zabalza. No, he's going to leave on a free transfer, yeah, so he'll be, he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll be gone. Lanzini, Anderson... Oh my goodness, how could I forget Masuaku? Definitely Masuaku, I mean. He has pace, I'll give him that, he has got pace. But apart from that, just could do a lot more. I feel like he's a liability in defence. Yeah, Masuaku. I love the man, but he's not left back. Yeah, I remember when Moyes actually returned as manager, he played Masuaku as wing-back, when he started playing three in the back, and it just didn't work. It just didn't work. Yeah, definitely Masuaku as well. Next question um, from Rory. Uh, player who made you fall in love with football? Made you fall in love with football? Oh, this is a good one. Okay, do I have to give one or can I name two? Well, how many you want, mate? I'll probably say the first one being Thierry Henry. Because like, I grew up in a household where like everyone supported West Ham. I mean, um, sorry, Arsenal. My dad, a big Arsenal fan. Mum, a big Arsenal fan. Like everyone, I talk everyone. Love so that. definitely Thierry Henry. And I remember I was about in primary school, I think it was, and I was I wasn't too bad at art. And I remember we had to draw a picture of our, of our favorite footballer. So I drew a picture of uh, Thierry Henry and I actually won. I won a prize wow. I draw a picture of Thierry so yeah definitely Thierry I'd probably say uh, Ashley Cole as well because at the time I was the left back when I, oh, when yeah. I thought I was good enough to become a footballer which obviously I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah obviously he was the best left back at the time so I tried to like be similar to him in terms of his game and how he was in the pitch so yeah probably those two I'd say for me it was always Ronaldinho okay, I yep. just loved the man yep yep Let's go against uh, Chelsea with Barcelona. Yeah, yeah that, that that comes to mind. I know, obviously, he's going against England in the World Cup, that, that too. Yeah. yeah, he was different class. He was different class. And yours, Kieran? I think me was probably Cesc Fabregas, because I, I was like a midfielder. and But uh, it was a bit unfortunate. He broke my heart years later. But, uh, yeah. oh well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 A question from WHO Ethan. What is our best team right now? Best team right now? I'll yeah. probably say 4-4-2. So obviously, 
Fabianski in goal, Crespo left back, Ogbonna and Diop as defensive pair, Gakia right back, four nows left wing, Suchek and Rice in the middle, uh, Bowen right wing, and Lair and Latoni up front, so 4 4 2. But I would say, I, I feel like whenever Declan Rice plays as a load real, it's like a 4 1 4 1, he plays so well. So that's another backup option, but definitely 4 4 2. Mine would be very similar. The 4 1 4 1 formation worked very well, so maybe Rice. Uh, the lone central defensive midfielder, then Suchek and Fornals. I just love Felipe Anderson, and I think that he has to be in the squad on the left. Even despite the fact he's been so poor this season? Yeah, he offers something that no other player in the squad offers. He can pull something out of nothing, and I think that's the quality we need even though he hasn't been uh, as good as in the previous season. Uh, now, for me, Anderson's had to go to the bench. <laughs> <laughs> even when uh, Moyes partnered Halle uh, with Anderson against Bournemouth, was it, on the New Year's yeah. Day, it was something we needed because Anderson drops deep. He offers the vision, the passing, the creativity, he finds the space between pockets and I think that we need someone like him to link up the midfield with the attack. Well, don't you think Antonio does a better job of that as opposed to Anderson? As a striker, yeah, maybe. Because Antonio, obviously, a real threat. And maybe better finishing overall. I'm I'm looking at it in terms of like work career, like yeah. Antonio will just work so hard. And I remember that game, Chelsea game, and like when Anderson came off, he started sulking and he was upset. I just thought like he needs to be more of a team player, like for the performances of like Bowen, Snodgrass, Suchek, and other players you mentioned. That's the only critique of him as well. Just needs to pull his sucks up and work hard for the team. Yeah, I'd agree. And the next question for from WHU Lucas. Can you see us getting Europe in the next few years? I'd probably say not for another four to five seasons. I mean, when West Ham had a good month in September, I would thought, you know what, <laughs> could get a European, uh, Europa League place here. And then Fabianski suffers an injury and it just goes downhill. So I feel like the one, one of the biggest things with like West Ham fans tend to get a bit carried away. So I feel like a few top 10 finishes... And then after that, you could just try and reach for the stars and try and get Europe. Be realistic for the time being, and then after that, yeah, shoot, reach for the stars sort of thing. And the last question from Callum V89. Has this situation highlighted that David Sullivan and David Gold all struggle to improve West Ham due to lack of resources? The situation with COVID-19, obviously. Uh, as in, like, what, in terms of the team's finances? Yeah, yeah. Uh, perhaps so, but I feel like it was good of them to, um, like, for example, like Karen Brady and you know uh, David Moyes, another financial advisor, taking thirty uh, percent wage deduction from the salaries. I thought that was good, but they probably were. And that 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 was the case for like West Ham. That's for all other teams, not just David Gordon, David Sullivan. But perhaps what I would say my biggest observation is, um, like in terms of like money spent on team, it definitely could. We spent more on defence. 
Like I mentioned earlier, only signed seven, nine players for season, and only one was a defender, and he doesn't even play for 13 players for under 23s. So more money spent on defense. I think I'm right in saying that in the last 10 years they've been in charge. Uh, Issy Diop's been their most expensive defender. So that has to change. We need to start like Frederick's was a free transfer, Zabaleta was a free transfer, Cresswell cost about two million, Masaraki cost about six million. So yeah, more money spent on defense. Yeah, like in the last decade, uh, on the wing backs, we spent like 13 or 14 million, and half of that was loan fees. Yeah, exactly. That too. And a, a lot of things like when West Ham signed players, it's mainly been relied on like agents. And obviously, yeah. with agents, <laughs> bringing all sorts of crazy players, players who are after one last penny, as I mentioned. So, it's, as I mentioned, we talk about Moisella, that's why he wants to bring in a lot of young players and change the whole. Attitudes towards signing players, players who have resale values. I mean, when the club released the accounts, I think I might have said only 13 million was, was recouped from player sales. I mean, that is just not good enough. You got to get, you got to bring in more money. You got, you got. Look at the team like, let's say Chelsea. I know they're not so many players, but we're bringing a lot of money through, you know, player sales. Leicester, for example, as well. So yeah, we need to start looking at that in uh, the future. Payet was signed through agents, wasn't he? Who? Sorry. Payet. Payet. Uh, I'm actually not sure. I think he was uh, signed through one of David Sullivan's favorite agents, uh, Mark McKay. I'm not sure. Well, about yourself, I, I read a report about a club that linked to signing you, Alan. Really? Yeah. I read a report the club was interested in signing you, mate. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> Thank you, Roshane, for joining us today. No worries at all. Thanks for having me, Alan. Thanks for having me, Kieran. No worries, mate. And everyone listening, remember to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and iTunes. And join us next week with our another guest. And yeah, hope everyone's safe. Stay at home. See you guys. <laughs>